check, check. Check, check. Microphone's working okay, guys? Yeah. Good deal. All right. Well, I'm more hopeful today than I was yesterday. Anybody else with me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely more hopeful today. We're going to be looking at, guys, that uh, we're going to try to, I'm going to try to, dissect three verses and exegete three verses. Um, and it's the verses through which I came to Christ. Um, and they brought me to Christ. However, we can also look at these as a real refresher. When we need a refresher, I need a refresher. I felt like for the past year and a half, I've been just so bogged down with, with what was going to happen. Who is going to win? How is this? Am I behind this person? Am I not behind this person? All this stuff. And the stuff they're coming out about him and about her and this and that. And it's like, I lost focus. Anybody ever lose focus? I mean, I lost focus. I just went off the cliff with my focus and where my heart was. And the three verses we're going to look at today, I believe, are going to allow us, if we really look at this, to, to see how we can gain that focus again, how we can regain that focus. And be honest with you, until about this morning, I wasn't sure what I was going to teach today. I couldn't. Jackie asked me the other day, uh, well, several weeks ago, two weeks ago now, and I figured, oh, you know, I have time to prepare. Not a problem. It's okay. But I was so focused in what was going on. I was so focused in this election. I was so focused with life, with turmoil, with craziness. that I lost complete focus. I tried to study for this message I was supposed to do today. And it's like, can't hear from heaven. Heaven's quiet. Can't hear. I was hard of hearing. Couldn't hear. And this morning, I believe the Lord gave me the message I think we're going to look at today. Now, I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to try to condense it. I mean, really compact it. It's like condensed milk. I'm going to condense, very, very, very condense uh, my, 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 message, my uh, uh, testimony. I'm going to really kind of try uh, uh, to look at that, but in short, because there's a lot to cover. And I have to do that so that we can get to what we're actually going to be looking at. But just to let you know about me, I'm kind of a trailblazer. I do things a little different. And so I knew that God wanted me to do something slightly different tonight than I would normally do. And um, have you guys ever read through Psalms and you, you saw Selah? And you're like, oh, what's that? Selah? Brian and Alexis Daly, precious baby girl, her name is Selah. And I was wondering, why do they, what's Selah mean? I looked, it's reflect and pause. It's, it's pause and reflect. Reflect and pause. And so as I'm teaching through, there's going to be two occasions that I'm going to stop. And we're going to hear two songs. Very short. Very short. And as you do that, please say la. Reflect and pause with what the things that you're hearing and the words of the song. And open your heart as to what the Lord might have for us.
Could we do that this morning? Would that be okay? Is everybody going to be okay to trailblaze this road a little bit? Because it's unusual, it's different, but it's okay. It's okay. We don't have to do cookie cutter. It's okay. So before I start, let's bow our hearts and pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, thank you for this day. Thank you for the countless blessings in our lives, Lord Jesus. Thank you for settling our minds and hearts today. And Lord God, may you inject the implanted word that is able to save our souls. May you, may you implant this word, Lord God, that is able to bring forth glory to your name and benefit to us. We love you. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so before I start, I want to read. This is one of my favorite scriptures, one of my favorite areas, so that I can go into my, my, my testimony. We have to look at this. This is incredible. If we grab a hold of this, if we really grab a hold of this and chew this up and reflect on what it is, um, I don't even know if I gave you that, Wendy, but it's Luke 7, 36 through 47. I may have. There's a lot of verses, you guys. Um, so let's look real quick um, at this particular area. Now, Luke 7, 36 through 47 says this. Then one of the Pharisees asked him, that's Jesus, to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, and she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, Now don't miss it. Don't miss this. When the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him. For she's a sinner. Now hear this. And Jesus answered and said to him, Guys, he answered his heart. This guy didn't say out loud, Who is this woman? This, that, and the other. Why is she touching? He answered his heart. He knew his heart. He knows your heart. He knows my heart this evening. So he enters his heart saying, Simon, I have something to say, say to you. So he said, teacher, say. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. We know what denarii means. This is the Wednesday crowd. We're pretty informed. Denarii, it's a denarius is one year's wages, I hear. 500 denarii is an unpayable amount, unreturnable amount. And the other owed 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, You have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. 
You did not anoint my head with oil. But this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore, I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. And so, as we reflect on this, all of this, this is incredible passage to me, incredible passage. I, some of you know me, others don't. I was born in Eastern Europe, uh, in Bulgaria, communist at the time, which is why this is so important what just happened, because you guys said what, what was about to happen was just... I was born in a communist country, and the stories are countless in terms of what I have heard happen and how it happened to who it happened and how all of it went down and, and how people, regular, normal, good people were enslaved. Anyway, so I grew up in, in Bulgaria. I, I was born there. We moved to Greece. My father, when we moved to Greece, he left with nothing. He was educated, but his degree wouldn't transfer over because it was a communist country and it wouldn't. And so he, he, he went to Greece first, and, and then he was a, from a great education, like an engineering type, electrical degree, to, to nothing. He was moving furniture. He had nothing, not a cent. For a long, long time, he moved this furniture, and the way they would get paid is, 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 is if the, the, the delivery driver, who was a naturalized Greek citizen, we went from Bulgaria to Greece, from Greece we came here. And so while in Greece, in this furniture moving business, the guy wouldn't pay them, he wouldn't tip them anything. He said, I wasn't getting tips, so I'm not tipping you. So for a long time, he wouldn't eat, he had no nourishment, nothing, nothing, zero. He was dying. He was on his deathbed. He was sharing a room with three friends. He went to school with these friends. He knew them since he was this big. There you don't move around like we do here. Oh, let me move to Minnesota. Let me move to North Dakota. Let me move to Florida. Let me move here. Oh, you just stick around. He knew these guys when he, when he was this big. And he was dying in the corner. And these guys whoop out a tomato. They whoop out a tomato and... Uh, they say, do you have any money to buy a share into this tomato? He said, no. He said, okay. Sorry. The next day was his birthday. And two guys, God sent, two guys show up at his door. And uh, guys from Turkey, Muslims, they show up, and uh, they're like, hey, we've heard about you. It's your birthday, this, that. Can we take you out to dinner? Can we buy you some cake? We just want to get to know you. These Muslims guys said to him, he said, fine, yeah, you bet. They took him out. They bought him food. They said, listen, we know you are, you, you, you are highly educated. Let me, let's put you into this uh, situation here. We can, we've got some doors open. You'll fit right in. We can guarantee you a job, guarantee housing, guarantee everything for you. I said, Okay. So he takes the job. A year later, he gets enough money. We come over into Greece. From Greece, we immigrated here, sponsored through the CSI, the refugee program. We moved to the States. Well, at one point during our journey here, they were really busy. They were gone. They worked 45 miles away, and they were gone all the time. And I got into a bad crowd. Some bad people. Very bad people. Killers. Two of the guys 
shot and killed people. One guy execution style in front of Maverick gas station. The one on Shishon. Execution style. The guy ended up going to jail. Another guy fights with the guy, loses the, the fight, goes back, gets his gun, kills him at Rock Creek Park. Shoots him, dead. These are the people that were in my life. And this is where I was at too. This is who I was. In 1998, we moved, we not moved, um, went to a long two-month vacation back to Bulgaria. So the first time me going back, I went back to Bulgaria. And this part of my testimony, I usually reserve at the jail. Some of you might know I do jail ministry. Others might not. So I usually keep hold on to that. But I went back to Bulgaria in 1998. Um, and I almost killed two guys with a knife. With a knife. I wanted to cut their heads off, kill them dead. They were cowards, and I thought, you guys were cowards, and I'm going to kill you. I show up where they were supposed to be. They weren't there. So then my plan got foiled. It didn't work out. So I thought. I came back to the States. All of my thug friends were gone. They were just gone, dispersed, gone. Some of them in jail. Others, I have no idea what happened to them. So to condense this further... I went from that scene to applying to go to college, being accepted to college, going to the University of Nevada in Las Vegas. I go to college in Las Vegas then, and, and then I, I got this kind of a strange arrangement, paid internship with a guy that was a multimillion, had 300 some odd million dollars. And I was work, I was like his right-hand guy, and then he, he was in the business of lending money to banks in Japan. He, 10 million, 10 partners, 100 million, startup capital. And I was his right-hand guy. He couldn't fart without me smelling it. I was so close to this guy. <laughs> I was always there. I was always there. And in my ambition, I wanted what he had. I wanted what he had. It's for me. Um, and uh, so I got to see how the poor lived, and I got to see how the rich lived. And I wanted part of what he had. And then I asked him for money. He, he basically said, I'll give you the loan. I wanted a lot of money. He said, approved. He said, we're going to do what you want here, not in Idaho. So us uh, to keep me there. And I don't know, a month, two after that, I quit. I up and quit. I saw him, caught him cheating on his wife. I, all this stuff. And I lost respect for the man. I said, who is this man? How can he do that? What is he, what's going on? And I quit. And then... Right, right, not too long from then, I find myself at a coffee shop in Las Vegas. And that day I was heading to do something very bad. I would have lived to regret this forever. And I'm sitting at this coffee shop and two guys walk in. This is my conversion story. Two guys walk into the coffee shop. And I'm sitting there. And they say, uh, Hey, you know, kind of small talk. And they start having a Bible study. I've never seen this before in my life. Bible study. What's a Bible study? What is all of this? I thought it was crazy. Totally wacky. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But they said, son, come. Sit down. I want to tell you something. Tell me something. You don't know me from beans. Why are you even talking to me? What do you want to say to me? I said, come. So, all right. I sat down. And, uh. One of them, Gary, says, listen, I believe if God were here, this is what he would want you to hear. I'm thinking, 
What? How can you even say that? Who are you to say that you know God and you believe that if you were here, this is what I should hear? But the Bible says, wisdom is justified by her children. Bible, that means that we're going to find out whether what you're saying is so based on the outcome. And what they said was true. What they said was true. Because here I am 10 years later. And I'm here because of God through these three verses. So first, Selah, before we go into the verses.
them saying we believe if you heard this that God were here this is what he want you to hear and they open up to the book of Matthew chapter 11 let's go to Matthew 11 and they say to me come to me come to me all who are, who are labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly at heart. You find rest for your souls. For my burden is easy, and my yoke is light. So, wow. I heard those words. Heard them, heard those words, and, and as soon as I heard those words, doom, something happened. Something happened immediately for me. Immediately for me. It's, it's like my heart just doom, snapped, and something else happened. Something happened. I couldn't, I, I, I was blown away. I started crying. Public. Crying, and then these two guys were teary-eyed too, and they started crying too, and wondering what would just happen here. Those are just two guys that made themselves available to go to a coffee shop to have a Bible study. Do you think they got up that morning thinking they're going to change somebody's life forever? My life is forever changed. Come to me. So let's let's open that up a little. Come to me. Come to who? Well, in Isaiah. 43, 11-13 says, I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there's no Savior. I have declared and saved, I have proclaimed, and there was no foreign gods among you. Therefore, you're my witnesses, says Lord, that I am God. Indeed, before the day was, I am. I am. So come to me, come to who? Come to Him. Come to the great I am. So when you're, when you're full of gunk and stuff and whatever's going on to, in, in life, whatever's happening, the turmoils of life, the, the storms of life oftentimes come, come, come to Him. Come to Him. Come to who? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. 
and all things were made through Him, and without Him nothing was made that was made. God, a very God. God, a very God. We come, we come to Him. We come to the God of the universe. We come to Him. We're allowed to come to Him. It's amazing to me. Amazing to me. So let's come to Jesus, the Word of Life. So we can see that God asks us, even us, to come to Him. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us, therefore, come boldly, boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. When we're in time of need, we need that grace, we need that mercy. So come to Him, a God, a very God, so you can obtain mercy in time of grace. What is that? What is mercy? What is grace? Mercy, not getting that which we deserve. Grace, getting that which we do not deserve. An example of that that I like to say that I've told in the past is, is say, I've got a couple little boys, a four-year-old and a six-year-old, and they're throwing a baseball around. I tell them, and then Marco, you're going to hit the sliding glass door, and it's going to go bam, and then daddy's going to be mad. Don't throw that in the house. Oh, daddy, don't worry, don't worry. It's okay. Dum, dum, back and forth, and boom! So I come to Andon and Marco. Who did it? Isn't that the way it works? Not getting what you deserve. So for me, to show them mercy would be to not spank them. They deserve to be spanked. They did it. They deserve it. But grace is getting that which we do not deserve. Grace is me saying to them, All right, boys. I forgive you. I forgive you. And not only do I forgive you, but let me take you out for some ice cream. Oh, wow. That's what it looks like to me. Oh, but it's so much more from God, mercy and grace. It's amazing. Look at, look at Ephesians chapter 2. It blows my mind blows me away when I look at that scripture and what, what Paul is talking about and what he says to the Ephesians of Christians who had backslidden, who had forgotten that they were washed. They had forgotten it all. Guys, sometimes life gets tough and we forget, don't we? We forget. But we do. Now, okay, so God asks us to come to Him. Who? Who can come to Him? And to whom is this invitation given? <laughs> John 3.16. Right? For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. That whosoever, it's you, whosoever should believe on Him should not perish but have everlasting life. So in the invitation, it's open to us all. We all can come. We all can come to Him. One of the things... In jail ministry, I'm blessed beyond words to be able to do that, to, to be a part of that. It blows my mind to see these guys in that place and in that state and to know what's going on in there. Because I had been there. I had been to jail four times. Twice in Twin Falls. Once in Jerome. Once in Peoch, Nevada. I know what it's like to be in those orange jumpsuits. I know where they're at. It's one of the questions, the biggest questions... To those that are invited to come to Him. To come to Him. Is why? Why would He do this? 
Why would he, he, he love me? Why would he save me? Why? And then when they received their assurances that we're all broken, and he invites us to come anyway. But wait, uh, George, you mean to say that I, they would respond, I did this and, no, come to him. Well, what about that? No, come to him. Come to him. And the biggest question that they, that they have is, is, how much, really, in their heart is, how much does he love me? Could he love me? How much does he love me? With arms stretched, with holes through the palms of his hands. He looks at you and I. He looks at us. What else can I give? I love you this much. I love you this much. This much. That's how much God loves us. It's incredible. Incredible. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. So we see in John 3.16 that all, this invitation goes out to all. In Jeremiah 31.3 it says this, The Lord has appear, appeared of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, I have drawn you all. We're all drawn by His loving kindness. It's His mercy that brings us to repentance. So we see that we can... He says, come to me. We can all come to him. In Hebrews 7, 25 through 26, it says this, Therefore, he's also able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them, for you, for me. For such a high priest was fitting for us, who was holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and has become higher than the heavens. That was a necessity. Harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners. I have told this story in the past, but I can't help. Bear with me a little folly. Let me tell it again. I love it. We see the video of it. Sometimes Jackie would show it to us. I just love it so much. Some of you may not know, may have not seen it, so I'm going to tell it. The father and his two sons, they go into the Passover for the Passover. And you've got a lamb. And they've got a lamb. And the father turns to his son and says, Sons, when we get in there, it's going to be hectic. It's going to be wild. It's going to be people everywhere, everywhere. No matter what you do, don't lose that lamb. Don't lose sight of the lamb. Do not drop that lamb. They go in there. It gets wild and crazy and... Something happens and one of the, the Roman guards asks the guy, Hey, you bear his cross. Help bear his cross. No, I'm not a condemned man. Take it. So he helps Jesus. He helps Jesus with the cross. Something happens when he looks into the eyes of Christ. As something ought to happen, should have happened, I hope has happened in your heart, my heart. It's impossible to look into the eyes of Christ and not be changed. It's impossible to look into the face of God and not be changed. It's impossible to look into God and see His heart and not be changed. So He goes up after the crucifixion. And He's there. And His sons, they, they, they come up and the one says, Dad, Dad, I've lost the lamb. I've lost the lamb. He sits and says, Son, there. The Lamb of God 
the Lamb of God. Are we changed? Are you changed? Am I changed? We ought to be. We should be. And we can all come to Him and be changed. Okay, so we can all come to Him. For what purpose? He says, I will give you rest. I need, you need, we need rest. Rest. Jeremiah 28, 13 says, says this. Go and tell Hananiah, saying, This says the Lord, You have broken the yokes of wood, but you have made their place yokes of iron. Yokes of iron. And, and, and hanging out with thugs and rebels and people to going to, to being in a more different kind of lifestyle, I had replaced one yoke, a yoke of wood, a heavy yoke of wood, and yet replaced it with a heavier yet yoke of iron. And blind ambition, nothing changed. One mask came off and another mask came on. Only God can really truly change us. He can truly give us rest. He can give us that rest that we long for, that we need so badly. Sometimes, friends, trudging through life without Him, that yoke of ours can get pretty heavy. How do we know that if we were to come to Him, we can have rest? Jeremiah 29, 11 says this. For I know the thoughts that I have towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. To give you a future and a hope. Let me turn to Isaiah. I didn't have, that's not going to be on there, but I'm going to read Isaiah. And also, how do we know that we can come to him? Well, in Isaiah 41 and 5, it says this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. We can have rest and not faint as we come to Him. Then He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. How do we do that? By knowing Him and His Word. And John 1, 4 says, in Him was life. And the life was the light of men. The life was the light of men. Everybody hopes in that, in that life, in the afterlife, to be with Him. But here also, in Him was life, and life was the light of men. We look for the light that nobody wants to go through life and have a tough time. Sometimes we do. You don't become a Christian, next thing you know, it's strawberry fields forever. That's not, that's not reality. We know that. We know that. But in Him, and only in Him, is there life. And that light is the light of men. In John 1, 10 through 12, it says, He was in the world, and the world was made through Him, and the world did not know Him. He came to His own, and His own did not receive Him. Do we receive Him? Do we receive Him? But as many as receive Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God. Oh, that's amazing! That blows me away! Me? Even me? You? Oh, to them, He gave the right to become children of God. Wow! To those who believe in His name. So we learn from Him by receiving Him and His direction for our lives. In John 10.10 10 it says, The thief does not come except to steal. The devil doesn't come into your life except to steal, to kill, to destroy. I have come that they might have life. And that they might have it more abundantly. It's true, friends. 
It's true. So to learn from Him, to learn, learn from me, to learn from Him, is to learn of life and all that means and it demands. And it's light in the light. I'm gentle and lowly at heart and you will have rest for your souls. I'm gentle and lowly at heart and you'll find rest for your souls. Oh, that rest. All of us look for it. All of us look for it. Some of us are blessed to have it. You can have it. We all can have it. We can come to Him and have it. Whether we're going through turmoil or, or everything is okay, we can have it. We can have that. Psalm 23 says this, The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Forever. Second sailor, and last one. Holy, you are. 
37, 37, 1 through 6. Finding rest for our souls. Sometimes as we go trudging around it, we just do life struggling with cancer, disease, death of loved ones, finances. Feel like we got dry bones. Dry bones. Dry bones that need to come back to life. Dry bones. And as we come to him, we see what happens here. It's amazing. So the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed, they were very dry. They were dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord, you know. 
And again he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you. And you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you. And you shall live. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. Ah, that happens, can happen, will happen for all that come to Him in seeking that rest. It says, for my burden is easy and my yoke is light. My burden is easy and my yoke is light. Why? Why was His yoke easy and His burden light? Because He is the light. He is and John 8, 12 says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. His yoke is light. Because he was sent to do that work for the Father that he was doing. And so when we come to him, when we learn of and from him, our great God enables and empowers us. Even us to do that work. To do that work. Empower us to do that. So, 10 years ago, 10 of September, I came. Just come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden with burdens and guilt. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly at heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Let's bow our hearts to the Lord in prayer. Father, may we do that, Lord. May we come to you, Jesus, when we're burdened with Whatever it is that's going on in our lives, Lord God, that causes us to feel icky or just feel foul. I just pray, Lord God, that we remember to come to you. But to come to you like this woman came to you, remembering that we're broken in need of healing. That we come to church not, not because we are bad people seeking to become good, that we're decent people looking to become better, but we're broken people in need of healing. May you cause us to remember our offense to you, and may that bring us to our knees in prayer, that we would too cry and wipe your feet with the tears of our eyes and with the hair of our head and say, Oh God, I don't deserve this. I don't deserve this life you've given me. In America, the beautiful home of the free and land of the brave. The shining city on a hill. I don't deserve this life you've given me. And yet, Lord God, you looked upon me, even me, and had mercy, had grace. Thank you, Lord, for that in our lives. We love you and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.